Chagiga daf yud alef amad alef shir number one. We're twelve lines down by the two dots where it quotes the Mishnah saying mikra muat v'halachis marubois. Certain things have only a few psukim verses in the Torah dealing with them. Nevertheless, they have many many laws pertaining to them. Tano, it was taught in a brayse negoim va'oyhalois mikra muat v'halachis marubois that the laws of negoim, which are the um, tsaras afflictions, and oyhalois is the are the laws dealing with the transmission of tumma from a dead body in a, in a room or a building. It says that, uh, that they are mikramot v'halachis marubas. There are only few, a few psukim dealing with them, yet there are many, many halachas and laws that govern them. Says the Gemara, negoi mikramot, what, do the laws of, of the tsaras afflictions only have a few verses? Negoi mikramorubahu. Says that really, if you look in the Torah, there are many, many psukim dealing with the laws of the tsaras afflictions. So Amar Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, you're right. This is what the Brisa means. That really, the laws of Nagoyim, the skin afflictions, they actually have many verses dealing with them, and they only have a few laws to be derived from those Psukim. But Oyolois, the laws of, of, of rooms uh, for the Tumas Meis, there they only have uh, a few Psukim, yet many Halachas learned from them. Says the Gemara, my nafkamina, what difference does it make? Why do we need to know whether there are many halachas, few halachas, many psukim, few psukim? Says the Gemara, because if you have a doubt, milsa benegoyim, if you have a doubt in halacha with regards to the laws of the tsaras afflictions, how should you try and resolve the doubt? Ayin ben bekroi, you should look into the psukim, into the verses, because there are many verses. But if you have a halachic doubt, in the laws of Tumas Meis, so then Ein Bemasnisin. Then you should look into the Mishnais because it's not going to help you to look into the Psukim because there aren't that many Psukim. Then the Mishnah said Dinim. Now the Gemara said the, the Mishnah said that Dinim have uh, a support in the Torah. Now the inference that the Gemara makes from this is that while Dinim monetary laws have a support in the Torah for, through verses, it's still very loose, very slight. So the Gemara has a question on this. Michtav Kasivan. It says it's very well written in the Torah. There are many, many psukim dealing with monetary laws. So why does the Mishnah refer to it as just having scriptural support, which implies that there's very loose, very slight scriptural reference to monetary matters? Says the Gemara, We need the statement of the, the Mishnah for the law of Rebbe, meaning... Rebbe's law is going to be something which is not really well understood from the, the psukim themselves. And so that's why the Mishnah refers to it as something which has scriptural support, but isn't necessarily very well referenced in the Torah, or very fully referenced in the Torah. Desanya, let's see what Rebbe says. It says in the Brai, so Rebbe Oimer, Rebbe says, Nefesh tachas nefesh, that a life for a life, um, if somebody damages somebody, then you pay a life for a life. Says Rebbe Mamoin, that means monetary compensation. Not, the person doesn't get killed for accidentally damaging somebody. So, do you say that it's only monetary compensation, or maybe it actually means that the person should be put to death? Says Rebbe, it says the word Nasina, a giving, 
in the in the lower pasuk, which is obviously the pasuk we're dealing with of nefesh tachas nefesh, and it also uses the same word nasina in the psukim above, which was dealing with a person who damaged a woman and her unborn child inside of her. And malaholon mamoin afkan mamoin, just as over there, the giving and the payment that one had to make um, was with money. So to over here by nefesh tachas nefesh. It also only means money and not physically with one's life. So the Mishnah also said avoidos. Avoidos also have a scriptural support, which implies that although they are referenced in the Torah, there's, uh, it's, it's very slight, the, uh, the sacrificial laws. Says the Gemar Michtav Kasivan. How can you tell me that there's only slight scriptural support? There, there's, there's explicit psukim dealing with the laws of the Korbanas, many of them. Says the that we needed the statement of Chazal in reference to the laws of the transporting of the blood. When the blood has been collected, it is then transported towards the Mizbeach. So these two uh, procedures we're going to be talking about in the Gemara are the Kabbalah Sadam, the receiving of the blood in a Kli, and the conveying or the transporting of the blood to the Mizbeach. Desanya, as it says, Vehikrivu. The Apostlech says that you shall offer, you shall bring close, Zu Kabbalah Saddam. This is referring to the receiving of the blood. And the Torah referred to it in using the language of transporting. Hakrova is to bring close to the Mizbeach. So why did the Torah use the word Hikrivu, to offer, when it was only referring to the Kabbalah Saddam, the receiving of the blood? We see that the word hikriv really means the transporting, because it says the kohen will transport everything and burn it on the mizbeach. This is the transporting of the limbs which need to be burnt on the mizbeach. So, to the, to the ramp. So, why does the Torah use the word of transporting when it's talking of holacha, when it's talking about the, the procedure of receiving the blood. Lememra, this is to tell us that the laws of holacha are not to be excluded from the laws of Kabbalah, meaning that there are certain strict laws with regards to the procedure of receiving the blood. And the fact that the Torah refers to receiving of the blood as transporting is to tell us that the the, the procedure of holacha of transporting has to be as strict as the uh, the laws of receiving the blood. For example, in receiving the blood, it has to be done by a kohen, and it has to be done um, by a kohen wearing the big day kahuna and other laws. So, so too, because the Torah used the word hakrava for kabbalah. We learn that the, hakra, the actual hakrava needs to also be done by a kohen, and he needs to be wearing the big day kahuna, etc. So in summary, we said that the laws of Nagoyim have many, many psukim, and the laws of Oyalos have very few psukim, and if a person has a halachic doubt with regards to Nagoyim, he should look in the verses, and if a person has a halachic doubt with regards to Oyalos, he should look into the Mishnayis. We said that Dinim have many, many psukim, and it's explicit in the Torah, but where it's very, very slight is the law of Rebbe, which tells us that for monetary damage or for damage of a person, um, if it results in death, the person doesn't get put to death himself because it's by mistake. Rather, he pays money, um, even though the Torah refers to it as a life for a life. This um, only refers to paying money. And we also finally said that the 
avoidos, the, the, the sacrificial offerings also are only loosely referenced in the Torah. Ah, the Gemara says there are many, many psukim. And it answered and said, no, the, the halacha that it's referring to is the halacha of hoilacha, of the transporting of the korban to the Mizbeach, that it uses by the Kabbalah's Hadam, it uses the language of Hakrava, of Hoylacha, to tell us that all the strictures that apply to Kabbalah's Hadam also apply to the Hoylacha, the transporting of the Korban to the Mizbeach.